Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Well, welcome. We are so glad you're here today. My name is Tim, and I'm the student pastor here at SCC. And a happy uh, pre-4th of July to you guys. Uh, My neighbors last night did not get the memo that it was still June. And we're setting off fireworks. I'm like, come on, like like 9.39 at June 30th. It's not 4th of July yet. Come on. But no, it's... I'm kidding. I hope you guys have some fun stuff planned for this coming week. Um, If you guys would do me a favor before we get started today, inside your program there's a connection card that looks just like this. We just ask that everyone fill this out with as much info as you feel comfortable. Um, Especially if you're a first-time guest, we would love to hear from you. And we have a no-hassle guarantee. We're not going to show up at your house or anything weird like that. But in this series, you talking to me, we are giving away uh, movie tickets to first-time guests and the person that invited them. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that later, but um, anyway, so hold on to your connection cards. You'll need it throughout the message today. Well, today we're beginning this brand new series called You Talking to Me. Say, You Talking to Me. It's pretty good. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, You Talking to Me, but with a little, a little moxie. There it is. There it is. There it is. I've always wanted to say that. I've watched so many movies where they're like, with a little moxie, and I just... Today's the day. I've been, I've been waiting for this so long. Um, but again, welcome. This series is going to be a lot of fun throughout the month of July. The whole premise is that God uses some strange things to talk to people, right? <laughs> throughout the Bible, we see some strange stories. Can we agree on that? And so what we want to do is look at what these stories meant to the people then and what truth they still hold for us today. And so I have a question before we go any farther. And I think this is a pretty easy one. We'll start light. All right, this is a safe place, so don't, you, you can answer these here, okay? It's going to be all right. The first one, who has a pet? If you have a pet, just raise your hand, just own it, okay? Maybe like a goldfish, you can put them down, goldfish, maybe a dog, maybe a ferret. Those are a thing, like uh, hedgehogs, very popular right now in the pet world, apparently. Okay, now I have another question. This is going to require a little more honesty, a little more strength to get through this one, Okay. I want you to raise your hand if you talk to your pet as if it's a person sometimes. Okay, just own it. It's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Confession is good for the soul. All right. That's awesome. Today's story we're going to see involves a very strange animal. In fact, the title for today is Don't Be a Donkey. Just laying it out there on the line. Just, yeah, there it is. So um, today we're going to see there's a story in the book of Numbers that's very odd, (laughs) And we're going to do our best to kind of walk through this together. But before we get there, I want to give you guys a little bit of backstory so that you'll know just what's happening. Uh, and you've probably heard of the name Moses before, pretty uh, popular old, character, old Testament character. If not, that's okay. But Moses was one of God's prophets. And what he did was he led the, the children of God, the Israelites, out of Egypt from slavery to freedom. He was taking them to what was called the promised land. And the promised land was described as a land flowing with milk and honey. But I'm lactose intolerant, and uh, I really don't like honey like that, but I think of it as the land flowing with Mountain Dew and Doritos. Anybody else, like, that's your thing? Like, yes, Baja Blast is my jam. Just another reason why I love Taco Bell even more. It's just so good. So I just imagine waterfall, like waterfalls of Mountain Dew. It's just amazing. But Regardless, they were so excited to get there. It was the place that God had made just for them. And so when they get there, they see some people that scared them, that there were some giants, and there were, 
They were just afraid. And so God's like, look, you've got to trust me. And they didn't want to. So God punished them. He's like, okay, you're not ready for the promised land yet. So they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, basically long enough for everyone who made that decision to die off. That's pretty, pretty awesome, right? So as they're wandering, though, here's what's important. This is so key. God did not forget his people. Just because they had made a mistake, it wasn't the end for them. God still had big things planned and in store. And so what we see happen is as they go to kingdom to kingdom while they're wandering, man, they are crushing it. I mean, like people have no chance against God, right? And so what we find as we get closer to our story today is there is this kingdom called, everyone say Moab. There's some weird names, so bear with me today, okay? And so they get up to this kingdom and there's this king, everyone say Balak. Balak's an odd guy, but he's, he's kind of smart. He's like, my friends have not done so well in battle, so I think I need to try something different. He doesn't want to be friends with them, so he calls on this guy, everyone say Balaam. And this is the guy we're going to see a lot of today. Balaam is one of God's prophets. Now, what's interesting is that King Balak doesn't know that Balaam, this prophet, and God's people are connected. He doesn't know that they worship the same God. And it's really interesting because he's not one of the people from Egypt. So we really don't know a whole lot about how that happened, but for another time. But anyway, Balaam is a prophet. He speaks with God on the regular, and he has been commissioned to go and put a curse on God's people. And so that's kind of where we pick up our story today with point number one on your program. It's this, and this is pretty obvious, but I think we can all agree. Don't go where you know you shouldn't go. Right? I mean, like, just don't go there. Don't go where you know you shouldn't go. In fact, we've probably all experienced this on some different levels. Maybe when you were a kid, your parents told you, don't touch the hot stove, and you did it anyway. Anyone want to own up to that? Maybe you've got a scar to prove that that happened. You're like, oh, it is hot. Okay. Maybe it was staying out past curfew. You're like, oh, it won't be a big deal. You know what? I, I'll tell you what I did a few times, and uh, you know, owning up to this, I would turn the, the watch back just a little bit, like, there we go, boom, curfew, right? Yeah, that didn't work so well. Um, maybe, now, I've, I can see this, and sometimes not going where we know we shouldn't go is also helping our friends and family out, right? Because sometimes we just do dumb things. Um, I, will, I can see this. I mean, like, it's embedded in my mind, and it is so good. Uh, in honor of fireworks, made me think of New Year's Eve when I was a teenager. There was this kid who lived across the street, and we were kind of, sometimes we were friends, sometimes we weren't, more like frenemies probably is the best way to describe that. And um, anyway, this guy, Josh, we would hang out some, and anyway, it was New Year's, and I'll never forget because we had the jackets on, it was cold, we're getting ready for midnight, and he and his buddies are out skateboarding in the, in the street. And I mean, like, I just look at a skateboard and fall over, so like, I knew I couldn't join them on that, no coordination whatsoever. So they're out there doing their stuff, doing some pretty cool tricks, and then midnight strikes. And so they're getting ready to do the fireworks, and they have those cool fountain ones. You know what I'm talking about? Like you just sit them on the ground, and they're just doing all kinds of crazy lights and stuff. It's awesome. Well, here's where the story gets interesting. It wasn't enough to do tricks just out in the street. It's like, hey, let's jump over the fireworks. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's like, call America's Funniest Video. We've got some some footage is going to make us some money today. And a good friend would have been like, you know what? I should go and stop them. But in that moment, I was not a good friend. Because I was really curious. I was like, I want to see how this is going to go down. What's going to happen next? And as you can imagine, things took a turn. One of the guys falls on the fireworks. 
and his jacket caught on fire a little bit. So while he was practicing the stop, drop, and roll, I was stop, dropping, and rolling from laughter. It was amazing. It was funnier once I knew he was okay, but um, man, I'm telling you, I can still see it in my mind. It's, just, it's so good. Um, I shouldn't say that. That's bad, right? But um, no, but he, they're fine as long as we're, we're aware of anyway, no permanent damage. Um, but that's kind of what we see today in our story, is that Balaam is a guy who speaks with God on the regular and he knows better. But he is, we're going to see go somewhere he knows that he shouldn't. So we pick up in Numbers 22, verse 10 through 13. You can follow along on your program or on the screen behind me. It says this, Balaam said to God, Balak, that king, son of Zippor, king of Moab, sent me this message. A people that has come out of Egypt covers the face of the land. Now come and put a curse on them for me. Perhaps then I will be able to fight them and drive them away. But God said to Balaam, you might want to underline this, do not go with them. Don't do it. It's a bad idea. You must not put a curse on those people because they are blessed. In other words, God's saying they're mine. Don't mess with them, Balaam. Okay, you got it? We're clear? And just like a kid, okay, parents, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. Kids, maybe you'll own up to this. Just like a kid to save faith with his friends, he goes up to these officials who have come on behalf of the king. He's like, you know, I really want to go and do this and like curse them, but you know, like mom and dad won't let me. <sighs> Daddy God just won't, he just won't chill. I mean, like, come on, God, it's no big deal. And so he's mad, he's upset. And so what we see as we continue, um, he says, uh, he gets up and goes to the officials, go back to your own country for the Lord's refused me to go with you. <sighs> Doesn't get it. And so this happens a few times. And finally we see in verse 20, God's like, look, okay, fine, I get it. That night, God came to Balaam and said, since these men have come to summon you, and you're just obviously not going to chill out about this, go with them, but only do what I tell you. Now, the truth is today, and we're going to see um, in a little more depth, Balaam is a stubborn guy. The, the promise of power, of prestige, the king offers him. He's like, look, you can have whatever you want if you make this happen for me. That sounds pretty good. And Balaam wants it. And so as we continue on in verse 21, it says, Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the Moabite officials. But God was very what? Oh, he angry. <laughs> it's about to go down. When he went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. When God sends an angel down, it's on. <laughs> it's on like Donkey Kong. Huh, donkey Kong. There you go. I didn't even, that wasn't on purpose. It's uh, puns. It's just what it is. <laughs> that was so lame. I'm sorry. But today, the truth is, Balaam knew it, and we know it too. There is a place that are places that we know we shouldn't go. And here's the thing, I don't have to know you personally to know that every person knows at least one place, one person, one thing that they should not go to. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe when you're hanging out with that friend, or maybe it's a family member, or maybe it's a romantic relationship. When you're with them, you become a person that you don't want to be. Maybe you say things, you do things that you know aren't right, but you find yourself going back there again and again and again. Maybe it's a place or a thing. Like, I'm just going to be real blunt. If you have a problem with drinking and you find yourself at a bar, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's not going to probably end very well. Can we agree on that? And you're maybe you're like, okay, Tim, well, I don't have an issue with either of those things. Where do I fit in this? Maybe today, and I say this 
kind of to teenagers, but this is also for all of us in this room. Inside most of your pockets, there's a device called a cell phone. It is one of the greatest but most terrible inventions ever made because you literally have the world at your fingertips. And the thing is, when used in, uh, incorrectly, you can find yourself, maybe through an app or a website, going to a place that you know you shouldn't go. I don't even have to go there. And let me just say this. If you have to use an app on your phone to hide apps from your parents or from someone else, you just know you shouldn't go there. I'm just saying, hiding usually means something's wrong. So what I'm saying today is you all know where that place is. You know you shouldn't go there, but let's be real. How often do we find ourselves thinking that that thing, that place, seems very comfortable? Maybe it's because we're lonely and we're hurting. Maybe, it, I don't know. You know. I know what it is for me. And the truth is, I want you to know today that you don't have to find yourself going to that place again. There's a God who sent his son, Jesus, to die for you so that you never had to go back to a place of brokenness and emptiness ever again. He did it just for you. And he's willing to do it still today. And today, I want to encourage you, in Romans 5, 7 through 8, it says this, and it's so good. It says, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still, what? Sinners. Christ died for us. See, the truth is, God has no expectation of you coming to him on your own with your stuff together. He doesn't. He doesn't expect you to even be like, you know what, maybe today's the day they finally get it, and you know what, then I can save them. It's not how it works. See, Jesus is willing to come where you are in that situation, that place you know you shouldn't go. He's willing to show up right there because he's never left you, and he's willing to save you and rescue you. Isn't that awesome? Oh, man, you got to be a little more excited about that. Like, because the truth is, and here's what I want you to know today. If for the first time you're like, look, I don't know much about this church stuff, don't really know who God is, here's what I can say. It is not, and, and I want to say this because this is a lie. When you follow Jesus, it does not give you the easiest life. It doesn't. People have said that comes from the Bible. I don't want to know what Bible they're reading from. That's like first opinions or hesitations or something. I don't know. But it ain't from my Bible. So um, what I have found, though, is that it is the best version of your life. It's going to have hard times, but you will find that you never have to go to the place you know you shouldn't go because there's a God who's already there with you to give you the comfort that you need. And today, if that's you, look, there's a prayer inside your program. We call it the prayer to become a Christ follower. Look, the words are important. And you don't have to even say this necessarily word for word. It is what, what your heart, what you need. And it's telling God, I need you to do what I cannot do for myself. If you could have fixed it by now, you already would have, right? We can't. We need a Savior to redeem and rescue us. And today, if that's you, I encourage you for the first time, check that box on the back of your connection card that says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower today. And here's the thing. We're not just asking you to check a box just because. It's because we want to help you. I want you to know that this church has meant so much to me in my life because when I've had moments where I didn't think I could do it, it, they were there for me and reminded me that God was still there. So if you check that box today, we just want to pray for you and encourage you and do whatever we can to help you on this journey. But here's what's important too. If today you're already saved, but you're like, look, I find myself 
going back to that place. I want you to know God can save you a hundred billion times. doesn't matter. He cares about you enough that he will rescue you however many times it takes for you to get right where he wants you to be. And so with that, I want to take a look at point number two today. It's a question as we proceed in our story. I think this is so important because we have to ask if we're going to move and know God more. Because let's be real here for a minute. Who wants to know God more? Like you want to hear him more? You want to talk to him more? Okay, that's most of us in this room. Then you need to ask this question. What will it take for God to get your attention? What's it going to take? I mean, and you probably know. You have an idea, maybe. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more. But as we continue with our story in, uh, let's see, verses 21, we see something begin to happen here. Our donkey makes an appearance on the stage. It's awesome. It says, when the, when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, it turned off the road into a field. Now, this sounds like a pretty smart donkey. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, I've not had a lot of contact with donkeys, but he sees a dude with a sword, got wings. He's, like, glowing. Time to walk the other direction. <laughs> but but here's, what, here's what's bad, though. It turns away because it's scared, and Balaam beat it to get back on the road. Look. You're just going to be real here for a moment. I read the Bible sometimes, and I, I get a little, little heated, and this bothers me a little bit. I want you to know Balaam is a punk. He is. Like, this poor donkey, I mean, it's just like, it's just doing its job, and he, gets, he beats it. And we're going to see as the story goes, I just like Balaam less and less. And so we continue. Then the angel of the Lord stood again in the narrow path through the vineyards with walls on both sides. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it's a smart donkey, it pressed close to the wall, and crushed Balaam's foot against it. You know what? Good for the donkey. That's good. And so he beat the donkey again. Mm-mm, not, mm-mm. Then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn. I mean, it is wall to wall, like you just single file, either to the right, no room to turn either to the right or the left. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it just laid down. <laughs> it's like, I give up. That's it. Lay down under Balaam, and he was angry, and he beat it with his staff. Mm-mm. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. <laughs> then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth. Oh, it's on now. Now, who's seen the movie Shrek? Yes. Okay, love that movie. Now, if you've watched that movie, you know that, um, according to Shrek, it's not a donkey, it's a donkey, right? It's just how it goes. And so we kind of have a Shrek experience here, so let's continue. And it said to Balaam, what have, you, what have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? <laughs> I love that the Bible is just so nonchalant. It just continues like, this is normal. <laughs> like, let's just be real here for a minute. If you go home, cat owners, you go home today and you open your door and you walk in, your cat goes, sup, human? Put food in my bowl. I hate you. Like, I knew it. I knew, I, mm, I finally, I got it. There it is. I mean, like, you would probably wet your pants a little bit. I'm just saying, like, you would not be like, oh, this is totally rational. I do this all the time. No, you'd be like, what is going on? Like, what, what's happening? Like, and the cat, I mean, I wish it was the dog. At least they like me. But I don't know. But I just love how Balaam just, I guess he's so angry, he doesn't even realize he's talking to a donkey. Like, just realize how ridiculous that sounds. And it says he just answered the donkey, normal every day. You made a fool of me. 
If I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. What is wrong with you going to kill the talking donkey? Like, look, Balaam's a shady guy. You could at least make some money off a talking donkey, like a circus act or something. I don't know. All right, kill the donkey. But the donkey said to Balaam, and I love it's sarcasm. It's so good. Am I not your own donkey that you've always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? Have I been a bad donkey? You just got to look at this picture. Like, this just encapsulates, this is who he's talking to, okay? And I got to imagine he's like, mm, gotcha, Balaam. <laughs> I love it so much. Y'all, this story just, it just warms my heart. It's so good. But here's what I have to say before we go any farther. The donkey in the story is not the donkey. Balaam is the donkey. <laughs> like, what's it going to take for you to get it, bro? Come on. In fact, there's another word we would use for that to uh, describe Balaam, and we'll just go ahead and just say it today. I know maybe I shouldn't, but we'll just lay it out there. Balaam's just being a mule. There it is. There it is. (laughs) Did I say that in church? I don't know. I have to pray for myself after service. It's rough. But he is. Maybe this is where the phrase stubborn as a mule comes from. I I don't know. But Balaam finally gets it. Because what happens next as we look, he's like, no. Having to admit no to a donkey. (laughs) Oh, I love irony. He said, and then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes. So we continue, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword and drawn. So he bowed low and he fell face down. He's starting to get the full picture of what's happening here. And so today, what I want you to know, really going back to this question for number two, what's it going to take for God to get your attention? See, Balaam had a regular like, channel of communication where he could verbally speak to God, and he still missed it. It took a donkey. I know people today that they are so fixated on having this kind of experience, a supernatural donkey-talking experience, that they miss all the other times that God has tried to speak to them. Like, it's got to be this one way or it didn't count. But I want you to know that there are people around you, especially the godly people in your life, that are probably trying to speak a little truth. And maybe sometimes it's things because you're like, well, they know me. Well, God knows you too, and he's using them. Maybe, and just maybe, there's this thing called the Bible. It's really cool. You should check it out. In fact, that terrible device, you can get that on your phone. And you can have like every version, like the ESV, the KJV, the NIV, the I don't even, you think of a, a like series of letters, and there's probably a version for that. There's tons of them. You can even get this thing to remind you it's time to read. Like, I got a reminder this morning. It was like, don't forget to read your Discover plan today. I'm like, oh, thanks. That's cool. Like, it's so helpful. You want a book full of God's truth for your life? It's called the Bible. There it is. You can read it. Please, I encourage you. And I'm not saying that sarcastically because it's a struggle for me too. There are days when I'm like, man, God, what do you have for me? And he's like, Open your Bible. (laughs) Right. I do have like 17 copies of that in my house. Could read one of them today. But the truth is, maybe today you're so jaded. Maybe you had uh, something bad happen in your life or you had a bad experience. And you're like, look, I don't even know if this God thing's real. Maybe it would take a donkey talking to you to get your attention. I don't know. Maybe today for the first time, you're like, look, I just want to know God more. I don't know what this looks like, but I want to hear his voice. I encourage you, you can literally right now in your seat, just send up a little quick silent prayer saying, God, I want to hear your voice more. 
It's as simple as that. Now, here's the, th- the tricky part. It doesn't always happen in our timing. It doesn't always happen in the way we want or even the words that we want. We're going to see that in a second. But what I can promise you is that God has a message for every person in this room. He does. He has something that he wants to speak into your life to give you hope, to give you encouragement. Maybe it's to help get you back on track like Balaam. Whatever that is, he has something for every person in this room, and I need you to believe that because God cares infinitely about you, and he wants to get your attention. But the question is, will you let him? Now, as I was preparing for this message today, and I wrapped up here, I got to this point, I've heard this story as a kid, and I thought this is kind of the end. Balaam has his attention, uh, gives it back to God, he talks to the donkey, everything's good. But what we find out, we're not, I missed this, and it was, it's crazy, it changes the whole thread of the story. If you don't get number three, point number three today, you are doomed to repeat the cycle of going where you know you shouldn't go and wondering, can God ever speak to me? And that's this. Point number three is trust God's plan over your own. Again, you can totally miss this and be back in the cycle again. Like, God, where are you? Where where are you going to come save me? He's like, I already did that. Like, I got you. And this one's hard, because let's be honest, it's hard sometimes to trust a God that we cannot physically see, right? Can we just be real for a moment? It's hard for me some days to trust in a God that I cannot see. It's hard. And so what I found, though, is that part of this process of trusting God is this phrase, and you might even want to write this beside point number three on your program, it's be humble. And I don't think anyone really likes to be told to be humble, right? The truth is, one of my professors at Point said this. I think it's so, so good. And it's that pride is the root of all sin. Because every time we choose to follow a plan other than God's, we're saying we're smarter and wiser and can make better choices than God. And let's be real here for a moment. Are any of us smarter than God? No, like there's no question about that. Like there's some pretty smart people in this room. And I can tell you, as smart as you are, no one's smarter than God. And so we constantly struggle with thinking, okay, I I can overcome that place, that situation. I can overcome maybe not hearing from God. I can make a good choice. And the truth is, without him, you will fail again and again and again. You have to trust him. And it's hard. And so what we see is Balaam had this same issue. So we're going to fast forward a little bit in our story. When Balaam shows up to the king, what he ends up actually blessing God's people seven times. And actually, there are a few of these that God literally speaks through Balaam's mouth. It's pretty crazy. And the king gets so mad. He's like, I told you to come here and curse these people. Like, their whole family, like them, like their dog, their cat, their, their donkey, like all of them. And Balaam's like, nah, that's not going to happen. God told me what to speak. And so we kind of get this snapshot. We flip back over to Israel, but something happens. Balak makes a very bold move. If I can't beat the Israelites, I'll have them destroy themselves. So he sends out women to seduce the men of Israel and to have them worship false gods. And man, it works. (laughs) That is a huge incident. I mean, like, God has to clean house on this because he's like, are you kidding me? Have you forgotten everything that's happened up to this point? Like, I've been dropping bread from the sky, y'all. Anybody like bread? All I'm saying is bread's falling from the sky. I ain't forgetting who God is, okay? I mean, it just happened. Like, I'd love a loaf of bread to just, like, plop on my doorstep. That'd be awesome. But they forget time and time again. And so God cleans house. But once that happens, 
God's like, it's time to take revenge on these Moabites. And so they do. And we see in verse 8 of chapter 31, again, if you, this was so easy to miss. It says, among their victims, talking about the people that Israel took over, were Evi, Rechem, Zer, Hur, and Reba, the five kings of Midian. They also killed who? Balaam. Very interesting. Our buddy Balaam, son of Baor, with the sword. He's dead. We skip forward to verse 16 and we find out why. This was talking about the, the kingdom. They were the ones who followed Balaam's advice and enticed the Israelites to be unfaithful to the Lord in the Peor incident so that a plague struck the Lord's people. The same Balaam, a prophet, had an experience with a donkey. God speaks through him seven times, gives the king advice. If you can't beat God at his own game, make his people mess up. Like, if you thought he was a punk before, you, are, you think so now? Like, for sure. In fact, throughout the rest of the Bible, some places in the Old Testament, and even, I think, three places in the New Testament, they reference Balaam as one of the biggest losers of the Bible. That's a pretty big jump from the hero of the story, right? To, like, failed. I'm not trying to make anyone afraid or scared today. That's not my, my goal. I'm just letting you know Balaam missed an important piece of the process. He left the place. He, he went back home. He heard God's voice, and God literally spoke through him, but he missed trusting God, and he jacked it all up. Today, I want you to know if you don't trust God, you will find yourself back in the places you never want to be. What I want, I want to share with you, though, today, and this is so important. I, this is hard. I'm being real honest. This is a struggle for all of us. I mean, like, even there are days I felt like as a pastor, I'm like, oh, I've got this figured out. No, we're figuring it out just like everybody else. Sometimes we're just a few steps ahead in the process. But we went to camp recently. Any got any campers in the room that went with us to camp? Yeah, yeah, camp. It's awesome. And we had such a good time. We have fun. We get together with other, other churches, and we meet at this campground, and we throw sponges at each other, and uh, we go down the slide called the Tommy Tsunami. It's awesome. Like, you can hit, like, some serious speed going down that sucker, especially if you get a little soap on before you. See, that's a trick they don't tell you. You go back to your cabin and lather on some, some like, just regular hand soap, boom, you'll be flying. It's awesome. It's good stuff. But the thing is, we go to camp every year, and I see God do amazing things. I'm talking, like, mind-blowing, especially in worship. I see students praying for other students and prophesying into their lives. They're not speaking, God's speaking through them. And it's amazing. I mean, like, literally, my, my heart cannot contain it sometimes. It's so cool. But if I'm being honest, every year that I go to camp, I'm jealous. I see it happen. And I watch what God's doing through them and these amazing gifts that he's given them. And I'm like, well, why can't I do that? Why can't I have that kind of faith? Is, is there something wrong with me? Like, what's going on? And there are many years, some I've left a little more encouraged when I left, but some I've been very disappointed. Because the prayer had been, God, let me experience you more fully. Like, I want to know you more. Speak through me in a new way. And when it didn't happen, I was crushed. And so this year, I felt like it was going to be just like all the others. High school camp, camp came and went. Middle school camp came. And Monday night, we're in worship and I'm, we're praying for students and I kind of just take a step back and I'm just like, God, look, I need you more. Like, I, need, I need you more in my life. I can't do it without you. 
I want you more. And I wish I could say it was out of all holiness. No, it was desperation. I'm like, God, I need you. And Monday's service came and went. It's gone, just like that. Tuesday, we go through the full day. It's a long day at camp. We get back into service. I'm like, man, it's going to be tonight. I'm like, God, again, I prayed the same thing. Came and went. It's gone. Wednesday, praying for students, and I take a step back. And I start praying, and I open my eyes for a second, and I see this guy who's a leader at camp. His name's Romeo. And he is the bomb. I mean, like, he is he's the real deal. Like, I see him at camp, and he is just, he is so full of God. And I just aspire to be like that. And then I'm like, you know what? And then let me give you a little context here. There are like 650 people in this gym, okay? It is hot, and there's a lot of people. And then I just go, and while I'm praying, I'm like, and God, I just want Romeo to pray for me. Like, out of nowhere. And I don't really know Romeo that well. We know each other's names. I mean, the likelihood that that's going to happen, minimal. I mean, like, we're praying for students, right? And so I take a step back, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm just like, it feels like eternity. And all of a sudden, I feel a hand on my shoulder, and someone's starting to speak in my ear, and it is Romeo. No one at camp knew I'm struggling with this. So I'm like, okay, God, okay, you heard me. Got it loud and clear. What's he got to say? And what came next was not what I expected. I kind of was awestruck like Balaam was when a donkey started talking to him. I'm like, what? But I want to share a little bit of that with you today. He said, you know what, Tim? You are so focused. All these people are going to the right. I need you to move and go to the left. You need to be a mold breaker. Because here's the thing. I'm going to give you peace and strength to go through this next part. But you have to find joy in what I have given you. In the specific work, but you need to have joy in the gifts that I've given you. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little teary-eyed thinking about it. Like I was about to, I was weeping. I'm like, Whoa. I'm just like, God, oh, yes, so good. But the second I left that room, I immediately began to doubt. I'm like, was that really, did that just happen? And I'm like, and in my mind, I'm starting to think, you know, maybe that was just you hearing what you wanted to hear. But what actually, Tim, what you wanted to hear was that you were going to get that specific gift. So maybe there is something wrong with you. I mean, like these things, it, it's weird how we try to defeat ourselves and the enemy's trying to speak these lies, right? Like in the moment of truth, he wants to give you lies. But I'm, I'm not saying that I've got this all figured out yet. I'm still working through this because this only happened like two weeks ago, okay? But here's what I'm doing every morning in my attempt to understand and trust what God's plan is. When I get up in the morning, I say, God, what is your plan for me today? Some days I feel like I get a little more clarity than others, and, but here's the, here's the deal. I'm not focused on what's gonna happen next week. I'm not even focused on tomorrow. I'm asking God, what can I do right now? What does it mean? I'm telling you, it is one of the hardest things to trust in God's plan, but it is the most rewarding because you'll find a life that is far beyond your wildest dreams. I want you to know today, we see this in Proverbs 3, 6, that God wants the same plan for you. He's got a message that will rock your world if, it'll, if you'll let him. And our memory verse for this whole series, we're gonna come back to this, is it says, listen for God's voice in everything you do. In fact, I think what God's trying to say to some people right now in this room is, hey, I'm talking to you. And everywhere you go, he is the one who will keep you on track. 
There's a next step in your program today. I'm sorry, on your connection card. And I want, look, I'm not going to ask everyone necessarily to check this box. I'm not going to try to sway you into doing that. But I heavily encourage you to check this box. It says, I will, I will do my best to trust God's plan. Here's the thing. You're going to mess it up. I've already messed it up some. Like there have been some days where I'm like, man, this is hard. Like I don't want to. And God's like, well, you going to. I got you. They ain't changed. <laughs> but here's the truth. I'm not asking for perfection. I'm not asking for you to have all the answers. I'm just asking if you will with me, honest conversation right now, let's do our best to trust God's plan. Can we do that? Is that reasonable? Because God doesn't expect perfection from us. He expects us to give the best that we've got. And today, if that's you, I want you to check that box and make that commitment because we're going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you that we're going to figure this thing out together. Does that sound good? So we're going to worship in just a second. And today, if that's you and you want to hear from God in a new, fresh way, or maybe for the first time, ask him, begin the conversation and say, God, what are you trying to tell me? And maybe even ask him to help you trust in his plan. So let's pray and then we're going to worship together. Father, we come before you today and we are expectant of a good thing that you're going to do in our life. God, we don't know what it is, and sometimes the way that we want it doesn't happen. But here's what I know, that you are an incredible God who never fails his people. You always deliver in the way that you exactly need to, exactly what we need, and what will shape the lives of the people around us. And God, I believe today that someone needs to hear that God loves them. They need to know that they have hope and that there is a future that they have never even dreamed of, God, because you are so much bigger than we can ever even imagine. God, I ask for blessings for these people today that as we worship, we would pour out everything we have to you as you give your all to us. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.